This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM, and I'm happy to say we have on the line with us our favorite parliamentary participation guru, expert in all things knowing, Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Hi, Rob. Very well in yourself, Benji. I am doing uh, fantastically well, thank you. And Rob, uh, the sort of end of the, not quite the end of the beginning, but not quite the beginning of the end, or maybe the beginning of the end, or the end of the beginning, I'm not sure, where it comes to the expropriation bill that uh, was voted on last week in Parliament, but a lot of public participation around that. Oh, absolutely. It's been a, a long process with the expropriation bill. In its very many uh, iterations, there's been amendments to Section 25 of the Constitution or proposed amendments to Section 25 and various uh, different ideas around how expropriation should take place without compensation. So the expropriation bill is not a new bill. It's been around for, for quite some time. In fact, I think way back as 2008, it was first proposed in, in one form or, or another. But here we have it in its latest form. It was uh, passed by, by the majority in the National Assembly. And now it moves on to the National Council of Provinces for further discussion and then onto the president's desk. But this, the, the bill doesn't quite, uh, allow what what the public fears here. It isn't expropriation without compensation as as we've been brought up to to believe it would take place. It's uh it's it's a mechanism for government to expropriate land in the in the public interest. So if a highway needs to be built or if a a servitude needs to be placed or electricity pylons need to be need to be put up or something along those lines that's in the public interest then the land can be expropriated. The issue was around uh, how much compensation should be paid, and this bill seems to cater for null compensation in certain cases. Now, the problem here is that the Constitution still doesn't allow for null compensation. Uh, Section 25 clearly states property must be uh, can be expropriated, but where adequate compensation is is paid for or is provided, and that is normally on land that would be market-related value. The issue here is that property extends beyond land. It could be anything, so it's, it's the land plus improvements on it, whether there's a business on the land or housing or so on. Or, and, or, or, uh, even, some, or even other stuff, to, right, Rob? I mean, the, yes. the two big cons- concerns here have been Null compensation, as you say, which is kind of an interesting thing. It's like I take uh, Vusi's cell phone and then offer him zero rands as compensation. I don't know how happy he's going to be with that. Uh, but, but you know, so that's the one element is that really like, is that such a thing. But the other element is, as you say, property has a much broader implication. We're talking about intellectual property, yeah. potentially your share portfolio, pensions, all these sorts of things, which also potentially fall under this act as well. Exactly, exactly. And that is the major issue, Benji, because it's not too clear on what that is going to be. They've, they've kept it to property, but the definition of property is way beyond that. And my feeling is that um, in order to implement the other state programs, such as the NHI and, and so on, there needs to be an expropriation of major businesses because the state simply cannot, cannot afford, afford to implement those programs, especially in the healthcare sector. So my, my feeling is it's going to happen there on, on large businesses too. And 
although this this bill is is aimed clearly at land, the definition around property still exists within the constitution, which makes it broader. So that's going to be a very interesting thing to see. As you say, it's got to go through um, the National Council of, of Promises, provinces, and I just want to st- stick on that for a, a, a bit because I do think that it's this obscure body which I think is probably going to start playing a bigger role in our politics because uh, because of provinces that will no longer be under the control of the ANC lightly. Uh, come 2024. So can you just explain to us what the National Council of Provinces is and what it does? It's exactly the same. So we have a National Assembly. It's pretty much exactly the same as that. However, it operates at a provincial legislative level, which means that any decisions that that are made uh, in the National Assembly must first go through the National Council of Provinces to see that they comply with with provincial legislation. Uh, Areas like the Western Cape have their own constitution, which needs to be in line with the national constitution and uh, local laws and, and matters need to all, all, all tie up around that. So if a new bill is proposed, uh, as, as in this case, yeah, it's a national bill, the National Council of Provinces have to uh, also go through it, adopt it and vote, vote on it. And if it aligns with, with national, I mean, with local legislation, then, then they can pass it through. And then it goes onto the president's desk. For promulgation in, into law. Uh, uh, is but there I, a I similar is, is, is there a similar structure? Sorry, uh, Rob, to introduce you. Like, mm. You know, in, in the National Council, you have to have two thirds for, like, say, constitutional amendment. Would that be the same thing when it comes to the National Council of Provinces? Yes, it would be. Yes, it would be on on a per province basis, without a doubt. So the provinces overall and together have to uh, have to agree to a certain to a certain level on on legislation, whether it will fit into uh, the, their local provincial uh, levels. But as a whole, it has to agree. Uh, they all have to agree um, to keep legislation in in line. But what I was saying was, I, I like the way you, you referred to it as National Council of Promises, because that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but but it could it could be very very important, Rob, because as we've seen, you know, the groups like the EFF on this bill, for example, said, well, you know, we'll support the ANC if it's if it's sort of more of a radical bill, and that would have gone through the national uh, the, the, the national council, the the you know the parliament. Uh, yes. But if if you have a situation where we suddenly have these coalitions in in, in provinces, it might make a big difference uh, in terms of the passing of legislation and how Parliament actually operates as an additional kind of accountability measure. Whereas up till now, it's just kind of been a bit of a rubber stamp. Exactly, and it has been a rubber stamp for for, for quite some time. Uh, very rarely have I have I seen a bill go through National Council of Provinces and be rejected. Not normally they, they're in line with, with National Assembly. However, uh, recently I, I saw one that was pushed back and then it has to go out for public participation once once again. So hopefully as we see a, a greater stake or variance in political parties on, on a provincial level, then hopefully we'll see some more pushback and add in another level in um, or more discerning level in on public participation at at at, at, a, at outside of national assembly, yeah, and a bit more accountability. So where to from here, Rob? Uh, you say it's going to go to the president's desk. Do you think he's likely to sign it off or send it back for constitutional things? Do you think it's likely to be taken to court if he promulgates it? I think it's, there's a high probability that it will be taken to court. I still have to see if it has, if it will pass constitutional muster. I don't believe it will at this stage. 
I think it's in, in conflict with the Constitution, especially Section 25, with uh, talking about compensation. Um, so perhaps it will go through there. You know, bills supposed to, before it even goes into Parliament, it's meant to go through the constitutional checkpoints first. How this slipped through as it is, is remains a mystery. There was some kickback right from the beginning. And I, I can guarantee you there, there will be some, some kickback as it goes forward. I think that's perhaps why they also recently passed the land court bill. I think it was passed about two weeks ago because the land court bill and the expropriation bill go hand in hand. Interesting, interesting. Well, we're talking to Rob Hutchinson today from Dear South Africa talking about the land expropriation bill. I'm Benji Shulman. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM. We're with Rob Hutchinson today from Dear South Africa. Rob, do you just want to finish off your thoughts about the land claim, the land court bill, uh, why you think that it was passed together quickly with this, uh, with this compensation bill? Yeah, the land court bill was, was established to assist with if there are any disagreements or disputes in the, in the land claim process from, from the expropriation bill. So a separate court was set up. The rules and regulations around how that court must operate are contained in that bill and penalties and so on. And the claims process and the dispute process is also along, alongside that. So the expropriation bill cannot operate without the establishment of, of a land court and a land court bill which governs how the land court operates. Okay, so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Rob, we've got about two minutes left. What is the Children's Amendment Bill all about? Children's Amendment Bill is quite a quite a great little bill. It's quite extensive in the protection of of children. Um, it amends the Children's Act and it strengthens uh, measures and rights of of kids, particularly around uh, court cases where kids are involved in. It even goes as far as to protect the rights of unmarried fathers, which is is a growing problem in in South Africa and in, and, and around the world as well. Uh, it guarantees the rights of fathers to have visitation rights and as much rights as married fathers fathers would have in as far as kids kids are concerned. It also takes care of um, children and their rights in uh, alternative care and foster care situations and kids who live with other family members other than other than their parents it 's quite an extensive bill which aims to help uh, foster growth in 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 children, um, get them involved, and give them rights and and so on. A, a, a great piece of legislation, in my opinion. Oh, there you go. Nice to see Parliament doing some good work there. And Rob, as always, as we head towards the end of the year, there is the storming of the parliamentary barns when it comes to getting bulls <laughs> out uh, because people have been doing their jobs. So. Uh, if you want to be commenting on things, it is a good time to be doing it, and uh, you can do it on the Dear South Africa website. Absolutely, you can. As usual, we'll put up uh, all of these bills, as many as we possibly can. And you're right, Benji, there's quite a few coming up, and they are coming in thick and fast, no doubt about that. And a lot of bills are resurfacing, going have gone through the whole process, undergone public participation already, and are now being put back into the public space after being amended due to public participation. So, yes, definitely worth your while having, having your say because it does make a difference. 
Well, there you go. That's Rob Hutchinson bringing us to the end of the show for today and for the next two weeks due to Sukkot. So wishing you a good and meaningful fast. And thank you to the whole team who helps put the show together. Mashadi, who is on the production. Vusi, who is on the sound. Vusi, who's been pushing all the big red buttons today because Craig has been a little bit ill. So we wish him well. And to you, dear listener, who should have a fantastic Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And we will check you again after all of that on the New Blue Review.